everyone. Thanks so much for joining us this week for、um, When I Grow Up. Today on our episode, I'm excited to invite、um, our guest, who is a teacher in Atlanta, Georgia. His name is David Song. David, thanks so much for being with us today and taking some time out to talk to us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm fully grown up, but、uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to try to give the best answers that I can. Uh, no, you know, I guess, you know, at heart, a lot of us are still kids, and I'm thankful that you're here, that we can hear your perspective on being a teacher. Absolutely. And、um, so let me ask you, what kind of teacher are you? Where do you teach, and how long have you been doing this? And are you, yeah, what, what subject do you teach? Things like that. Sure. So hard to believe, but this is、uh, year 13 of、That's、teaching.、Crazy. It is.、Um, 13 years have gone by extremely quickly. I, when I was high, I've actually been working at the same school. So I work in a. Oh, no kidding.、Uh, That's yeah, awesome. So, which is, you know, thinking back now, I've been very fortunate.、Mm. Extremely fortunate. Just the people I've worked with,、uh, the families, the community. So that in itself, I've just been very fortunate with. I've worked in a、uh, Christian private school for 13 years. Oh, wow.、So、looking at. Uh, it's a smaller school. Like, I grew up, you know, graduating with almost a thousand kids in my graduating class、uh-huh. right, in a public school. And the school I'm teaching at, you're looking around 120 students per graduating class. So, oh, wow. And that, and that, you know, when thinking about that, it was a, it was a very different culture for me.、Mm. You know, going into a classroom,、um, I had 12 students on average in my class.、Oh, wow. And, you know, I was hired to teach、uh, 10th and 11th grade math. So, you're looking at algebra two, geometry.、Um, I had a couple classes of trig.、Uh, I did that for six years, which、mm-hmm. was, uh, was a lot of fun. I would say those years, I focused a lot on、um, test results. You're looking at end of course tests, you're looking at SAT,、okay. you're looking at ACT. So, it's just the reality when you get to that point,、um, any kid that is around that age of 15, 16,、right. you're thinking about the future heavily.、Mm-hmm. You're.、Mm-hmm. You know, wondering like how much work do I need to do to get to a certain point and reach certain goals. So, talking with kids about goals, like I want to go all the way, you know, I, <laughs> I want to strive for, you know, the, the best schools in the country. And、yeah. you make those kind of things happen with those families. And then after six years,、um, thankfully, you know, I've worked with really great administration.、Mm. So, they approached me、um, and they were asking me, how do you feel about working with middle school students? And you know, in my mind, middle school, like my experience,、uh-huh. it was tough. You know, I felt <laughs> Me like, too. Those, yeah, those years, you know, you're thinking about 12, 13, 14, even 15,、mm. there's a lot of things that go on、mm, yeah. just developmentally, you、Definitely. know, physically and emotionally. So I was apprehensive, you know, really apprehensive at first because I liked having, you know, building relationship with, you know, kids and teens that were kind of, Almost adults, so you could、mm-hmm. have kind of adultish conversations.、Mm-hmm. So, thinking like, okay, I, I don't want to you know, teach kids、yeah. where I feel like I'm going to have to micromanage and things of that nature. Yes. And now it's been six years after, it's, it's one of the best decisions I ever made. No、and、kidding. I, really? So, so, I've been teaching eighth grade and seventh grade.、Uh, I, I did eighth grade three years, and then this is third year finishing up、uh, with seventh grade. So, you know. Like I said, my, you know, my intuition and just thinking th- this is going to be a completely different world was accurate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But 
kids that age are so amazing in so many ways. So their energy, their just, you know, willingness to just, you know, they're not sure of a lot of things. So they just kind of, they don't know what to rely upon a lot of times. Interesting. They, they okay. need so much guidance mm. and they need so much direction. Yeah. And the opportunity to have that is such an amazing blessing. That's why I love it. I mean, that's... I. I mean, yes, I would imagine compared to high schoolers too, especially when they're thinking about their futures, SATs and things like that. It's like right. their goals are already set. But in eighth and seventh grade, it's like, okay, what can I do next? Like what's what's going right. to happen and things like that. Right. Wow. So you, you're enjoying your middle school students then during this I, time. I am. I will say that you need a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to, you need a lot. Of, you got you to gotta bring it every single day to school in the sense that, they have so much energy and they're so mm. ready mm. and they're so like, they, they don't know. They, so the, the energy that you bring, they're going to reciprocate. Mm. So in that sense, you want them to bring that same energy and the, you know, everything that they are willing and, and able to do. So that just steps up my game. Yeah. And I feel like in that sense, it's like, so they'll never know that they've given me so much. Mm. Does yeah. that make sense? No, definitely. So the fulfillment there is, is unreal. It's amazing. Um, so just this thought came to my mind. Um, do you think the classroom size and, you know, just being in a private Christian school, does that change, you think, how students are active and more motivated? Because I'm thinking back to my public school years as a sure. middle school student, and I don't really remember being that engaged, if I'm honest. No, um, me too. <laughs> but do you yeah. think that environment changes a student's, like, just outlook and perspective on what they're doing, what they're focusing on subject-wise or just studying in general? No, no doubt. Uh, that's, that's a really good question. So, you know, I've had opportunities in the summer and just uh, even before I started teaching there, mm -hmm. you know, I taught in a public school, mm -hmm, just in the mm -hmm. sense of my student teaching and finishing up my uh, certifications and whatnot. Right. And I was in a completely different environment. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you're teaching 30 to 35 students, you know, in a public school setting, it doesn't matter what the school setting is, you know, there's a lot more um, management as well as, you know, other, you know, other uh, challenges that might come. Right. Now, what, what, I'm, what, I, what I would say is that my style, I guess, you know, either it would be the same way either, you know, I'd be teaching at my school or a different school is it's just very uh, straightforward. Yes. Um, I just kind of get down to business. Like if you ask my kids in the beginning, they were just like, you know, they, it was hard to understand who I was in a sense because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just very like straightforward. Like these are my expectations. Okay. And I would smile a lot, but at the same time, <laughs> there's a, there, the expectations are very high. Yeah, I can so, see that. I can see that. Right. So it doesn't matter which setting. It's just um, to answer your question, I would say that it does differ, but it's still adult to teach adult to students. Okay, I you know, see. What within you're uh, that age, um, so different styles is are we going to result maybe in different reactions and different ways the students are going to maybe behave? Yeah. Because you know, I'll talk to my colleagues and they'll say this student acts this way in my class, but it's different in my class. It just really oh, depends dynamic okay. wise. It it could be even just gender or just you know the relationships yeah. uh, within the hallway and such. So definitely, um, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm getting a little ahead of myself because I want to hear more about your day and things like that. But I do want to know also, um, so why teaching? Like, when did you decide this in your life that you wanted to be a teacher? I would say, first and foremost, you know, my mom, because you said you knew my brother. My mom, Mm -hmm. a huge influence on my brother and I. Mm. So she would tell us, you know, you know, my brother Andrew's like, Andrew, you're going to become a pastor. She used to tell us that when we were kids. Mm. Really? Like, what? Just you know, so this, this. for people that don't know, Andrew is now a pastor. <laughs> sure. Which is uh, mind-blowing. Yeah. And my mom was a teacher in Korea before she came here. And she told me, because I guess I'm the older one or whatnot, that you're going to become a teacher. So I felt like that truly kind of propelled me. Whether she was, you know, molding me as we were growing up. Like, I'm going to try to teach you and try to give you skills and just, you know, almost set you up in a way where, you know, I want you to become a teacher and hopefully you make the decision. I don't know. But I felt like her influence growing up was so powerful wow. to where I trusted her. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, she's, she's my mother. So everything she says to me is like going to be spot on. Yeah. So then when I got to school, I had to make a decision, you know, and it was a tough decision to where, you know, I felt like I was really strong with numbers to where I could have gone in a direction to, you know, I guess financially, you know, Mm -hmm. follow that direction um, and use numbers in that way. Or I'm thinking in the back of my mind, like my mom, you know, and you know, you always think, I don't want to disappoint. That's how we were, we want to live up to our parents' expectations. So I felt like, okay, I'm going to try it. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm going to see what happens. And, you know, there was a program in the summer while I was in school, Mm -hmm. you know, and I got it and I got opportunity to teach. And this was an underprivileged school, you okay. know, in the city, and it was it was amazing. I felt like you know my heart was just leaning towards that direction of working with young people, and I think those experiences mm. that you have, no matter what age you are in, are going to affect you to the point where okay, this just feels right. And for me, during those years around like eighteen, nineteen. That just felt like, okay, I, I have to see what happens with this because it's, it's feeling very like this is where I think I can actually do well in. But uh-huh. not only that, I feel like God is kind of pushing me in that way. Wow. And, you know, there was a lot of times when I felt like, okay, God's kind of pushing me, but I'm going to maybe, you know, just kind of be hesitant and reluctant. Mm-hmm. But this one, I, I kind of had to just go through, you yeah. know. And yeah. from there, I just, I, I just didn't look back. Too many experiences within... Um, my classes and the professors that I met while in school, some of the people that um, I actually were in classes with, I still speak to to this day because they're still teaching. Oh, wow. So some of those relationships are so strong yeah. that, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things, the camaraderie and the bond that we have built, like it was just, it was kind of meant to be. Yeah. So, I mean, things don't always work out, obviously, mm-hmm. but for me in the sense of right now, at least in my life, mm-hmm. teaching that. God has definitely guided me in the right direction for there. Wow. That's awesome. That's amazing. Um, You were saying that um, when you did that in that program in the summer, Mm -hmm. you had mentioned that it was amazing. Right. right? Um, So something kind of clicked for you during that time, I guess. Do you recall what it was or the experience it was that was so amazing that you were like, I think this is what I want to do? Yeah, so 
I was, you know, this is just a lot of fortunate experiences, but growing up in the church, my brother, mm-hmm. we had a lot of great um, older brothers, older sisters, mm-hmm. mentors. And during that time, I felt like we were getting so much, mm-hmm. you know, and right when I had the opportunity to teach those kids, mm-hmm. you know, in that summer program with, um, you know, some of the most underprivileged kids, like they were just learning from scratch. I just recall like, you know, I had so many people help me, mm. you know, that mentored me that w- th- for no reason, they just were there yeah. whether it was in church or other situations. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is my opportunity. I truly felt like, you know, you, you want to give back always, mm. but that's when I kind of felt like, okay, I have a really good chance right now to do something for somebody else where you think back and you're like, wow, there's so many things that have happened to me in such a positive way. Like it's, and this is just how I felt, but it just felt like, okay, this is a really good opportunity to help them. You know, when that hit, Mm -hmm. you know, I just felt like I was doing the right thing. Yeah, definitely. Wow. That's awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you, David, um, I'm so into your story that I keep forgetting all of the other things I wanted to ask, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, so you, uh, if you want to be a teacher, sure. And you decide that in college. What does that mm-hmm. program look like? Does it differ from university to university, or mm-hmm. do you happen to know that information? Like, yeah, I w- you know, so you know, I graduated <laughs> on my undergrad in two hundred six, and um, I, f- I, f- I immediately went to grad school just to kind of uh, get another degree. But at that time, if you were pursuing, um, you know, in the path of education, mm-hmm. you know, you had the opportunity to. Uh, student teach and you know you took specific type courses on whether it was uh, you know how to teach and just curriculum and what type of uh, teaching practices there are you could pursue that and you would be able to finish within you know just 120 credit hours for four years okay um, you're going full-time but if you I just remember um, you know I had a couple friends that kind of transitioned midway and yeah I mean it's going to extend your um, collegiate time, but you're looking at a year and a half mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. you know, just getting those credit hours full time to, um, take those classes, but then also, uh, taking those certification tests at the end. And right okay. now in Georgia, I know that I have to do it every three to five years, depending on the course, but you're looking at, uh, the GACE and that specifically tests, you know, your content area. So okay. you have to obviously, um, be strong in what you're teaching, but, in the sense of keeping up with um, your skill set, just like any other job. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And at what point do you take that certification after you graduate? Do you know? It'll be right there within the last semester. Okay, I see. Yeah. I yeah. See. Um, is that in, is that something that's kind of rigorous, or do you remember? <laughs> um, so I have to get you know recertified and whatnot, but uh-huh. I would say, I would say honestly, no. Okay. And you know, you could go both ways, like. You want the person teaching you, right, in the, in the classroom setting to be, like, stellar, right? You don't right. want to learn from somebody that doesn't know their stuff. But at the same time, um, I guess, you know, a lot of, a lot of factors go into it mm-hmm. in the sense that there's a need for teachers in I education. See. So if you were to raise the standard of those certification tests, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be as, uh, as many teachers. So I can see both sides of it. But personally speaking... I feel like the you know the assessments for certification, they're not they're they're, they're not, not that difficult. So okay, in, you know comparatively with you know other professions, um, I would say so. Yeah, that's good to know. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned you went to grad school. Is that mm-hmm. necessary, or you just decided to do that, or? I I did in uh, for two reasons. Number one, you know, I focused in on um, you know math education. So okay. you know, for me, it was middle school education when I had graduated. Because again, like you know, I had you, you can either go into secondary with high school, mm-hmm. or you could go into early education um, within the elementary. Um, I ended up going middle just in the sense of I felt like that was going to be super challenging mm-hmm. um, with that age group. And I enjoyed my time. It's just at that point, I kind of selected one that I felt like, okay, this might be the most, benefi- most beneficial for me. Um, I went to grad school for two. Number one, it's a substantial salary increase. Oh, it is. Okay. it is. Okay. I mean, that's, comparatively that's to what you would get without it. No, I would um, imagine. Yeah. yeah. And then secondly... Um, it is, you know, it does kind of really, you know, narrow in and teach specifically to what you're, what you're thinking about. Okay. So even, even right now I applied cause you know, we've got a little bit more time mm-hmm. during this time, um, to go to grad school again, just for mm-hmm. the sake that we don't know how the, you know, next school year is going to look like. Um, so if I did have more time, I, I'm just interested in improving my craft. Wow. Right. So I think it's just a matter of if I have those opportunities and if you are going to get, um, you know, for me, I'm thankful that, you know, the school I teach at, they're going to be able to, you know, um, help with uh, financially with yes. going to grad school again. Oh, wow. I think those are good things just to continually like grow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, if I'm going to have that chance, I'd like to do that. Definitely. Um, so do you think going to grad school was helpful in getting uh, the job that you wanted at the school that you wanted? <laughs> I would say I would say absolutely yes. Okay. I think that um, for two reasons. Number one, I think that when you when you go into grad school directly, you know, you get a little bit older, and when you go into that area of study in grad school, you know, everybody there is going to be older educators mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. sense. Okay. You know, so you're really taking in a lot of good stuff, right? So yes. I felt like my experience in grad school. I was learning from experienced teachers and I was learning from professors that knew like, okay, these people, they're not just trying to graduate college, mm-hmm. but they came back for additional schooling because they're trying to get better. So for me, I felt like, okay, this was, this, this, this was such a great experience. Yeah, that what, sounds awesome. It I'm is. Like, I mean, but you know, I the same, <laughs> but you know, I, I work in a school, so I, I, I just love the school atmosphere in the sense okay. like I want to be fed. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. if I get that chance, um, yeah, I definitely want to take it. Awesome. Um, yeah. uh, so, David, can you tell me what it's like being a male teacher? Because I know right. I don't want to, you know, like say, no, I'm going to be honest. You know, sure. growing up, I didn't have a lot of male teachers in my life. Sure. And I remember the few that were there and they did make a big impact on a lot of people, I feel like. Because, you know, it's sure. just if I'm honest, it's different. It's different it um, having yeah. a male figure in your life, especially in the in the school and in the education system. So, what is that like for you, and how has that been in the last thirteen years? Uh, it's been really positive in the sense that you know I get to work with um, young young boy young males, mm-hmm. you know, young male students mm-hmm. that I can relate to, and I feel like once you kind of make that connection with, you know, a young male student and you build that trust, mm-hmm. something, you know, they're going to not only learn from you, 
but there, there are a lot of things, a lot of positive things can happen. Mm. You know, I, t- I think about some of the, you know, male students that I've had that, you know, whether they struggled academically or they had, you know, a really tough home life or they were going through some sort of, you could tell, you know, they're coming mm. in a cloud. They don't want to be there. There's something going on. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to probe and just kind of, you know, try to get it out of them. But I know that's like, it's a really good opportunity for me. Yeah. You know, like something's going on. And I feel like being a male teacher and I still feel like I'm relatively young to where I can kind of relate to those, to those boys to where, you know, I want to help you. And I feel mm-hmm. like after, you know, some opportunities and some, you know, talks, they, they do take on that trust in the sense that, you know, they know that I'm here for them. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. not only am I teaching you in the classroom, like, you know what I'm demanding from you, but more than that, even after class or whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, something looks like it's bothering you. What's going on? Mm-hmm. That step into it, I feel like that makes the job worthwhile more than anything. Yeah. You know, so being a male teacher. So in that sense, being a male teacher is amazing. Now, mm-hmm. uh, thankfully, like, you know, the team that I teach with in the seventh grade, it's half male and half female. Oh, wow. So, That's great. Yeah, it is great. You know, the any any female issues with school, I don't even – it's not my concern. <laughs> right. It's not my concern. But, right, right. You know, I, I teach with, uh, you know, a, one of the teachers I teach with, he's an, he's an older gentleman. Um, and the other teacher I teach with, um, it's just not really his personality in the sense. Like, you know, he's a great guy and we get along really well. But um, I would say that, you know, my heart at this point and why I've been teaching for 13 years it's to connect with young people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yes. in that sense, that opportunity for me when presented, I have no problem. And I love just like sitting down and just wondering like what's going on. Yeah. You know, I know yeah. like, and I know if something's bothering you, the best way at their age, you just got to get it out and you just mm-hmm. got, they got to know somebody else outside of maybe your circle of friends or whatnot. Like I'm here for you. Yeah. Like this definitely. is a safe place. I think that's super important. So definitely. that's what makes being the male teacher for me, just, uh, it's not, it's just a privilege, you know what I mean? Yeah. Every day to hear these kids and, you know, I only see them for like 10 months and that's, that's the tough true. part. That's true. Yeah. And, and you see ten, them you know, more than the parents do probably during the school year for sure. Cause you know, they'll send me emails. I'll get emails from parents just kind of like, you know, how's my, you know, how's he doing mm-hmm. and things like that. And just, you know, they want to make sure cause we see them, you know, and yes. I coach, I coach quite a bit at school. So there's a lot of months throughout the year where I see a lot of these boys mm-hmm. after school for at least two hours. Wow. You know what I mean? So in the, in the different sense, like they know I'm committed to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if they know that I'm committed in that sense, like that, I'm just, I'm fortunate. That's mm-hmm. just fortunate for me, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I'd like to ask you, yeah. sorry, to move on from this topic. I'd like sure. to ask, um, uh, what does your day to day look like? Like I know, teachers probably have some sort of planning that has Mm -hmm. to go into their curriculum and things like that. How much planning do you have to do in advance before you teach? That's a great question. So planning is, uh, it takes a really, it it takes a lot of time. Mm. I feel like, you know, you want the lessons to be super smooth every day and you want them to, you know, I have 75 minute classes three days a week. And yes, that is, okay. <laughs> that is and, and, you know, honestly, that is, is, is not a lot. Mm. It's really not a lot, you know? So when you really, you know, calculate it towards the end of the year, the time with them to teach them so much material is, is we don't have a lot of time. So right. my point is, 
um, planning is the most important time for me mm-hmm. um, because at this point in the game, like it has to be like from the second they walk in from that bell to the end of the class, it has to be like so regimented and so uh, meaningful, you know? Um, so with that said, yeah, a lot of time is committed to planning. A lot of my planning is done in the morning because okay. um, I don't, I don't take work home. So for me, you know, right when I get home and part of it is, you know, I coach majority of the time of the year. So okay. when I get home, it's already like between 6.30 and 7. And then, you know, that's dinner, shower, read in bed. Yeah. You know, and then you got to do it again. Um, so in, for me, my day-to-day, one of the best pieces of advice that I got, um, and this was earlier in my uh, just teaching career, was from one of the coaches in my school. And, you know, I, when I signed my contract, I said that, you know, I was going to coach. So mm-hmm. uh, coaching football. And then at that time, I was coaching basketball. Okay. And then I was coaching golf as well. So, so you know, fun. Oh, my gosh. That's it, so is, cool. it was a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of, I mean, time commitment is, it was ridiculous, you know. Yes. So um, after about four years of doing that, um, you know, in June and July, yes, the, we get the time off in the sense of just kind of prepping for the new school year. But, you know, during those months of teaching and um, coaching, like it, it was I didn't see Jennifer a lot during the mm-hmm. during the school week because I was so committed to the school, which you know I, that's what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. You know, so one of the coaches told me like you got to take care of yourself yourself first because I was telling them, man, I was like, how, how have you been doing this for thirty years? Yeah, you know, you talk to people that have been doing it for so long, and he says you got to take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. So I kind of fell off the wagon, um, just kind of working out and just really being in a good place um, personally. Okay. So. With that, you know, I started committing time to wake up super early in the morning. Mm. And uh, I just, I started going early in the morning to the gym, you know. So even, yeah, for the last, yeah, almost seven years now, Mm -hmm. um, I wake up super early. um, I go to the gym and then I'll get into my classroom after taking a shower. I get to my classroom about six. So at six o'clock, um that's when I start really prepping for the day because my mind is like super right. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it was, you know, when people say it takes like 21 days or a month to make something a habit, mm-hmm. that is, that is no joke. Yeah. I mean, when you, and um, it's, <laughs> it's tough leaving my family in the morning like that. Yeah. But I, I do the uh, nightly duties, I guess. Yes. You know, yes. Within my family. So that's, that's the, uh, thankfully, you know, Jennifer's just so kind to be able to do that in the morning. Like she'll do the carpool and take him to school. Um, that way I can go to the gym and then take care of that. But the planning happens in the morning. That way, you know, my first students come in at 7 a.m. And 7 a.m. is when I have uh, like math tutorials. So uh-huh. every morning, um, even, you know, out of the 91 students that I teach, you know, there is, there's a need in terms of you know, math help because mm-hmm. it's just kind of, uh, you know, with math, you're just constantly learning new things. Yes. So yeah. if you're absent or, you know, Mr. Song, I had no idea what you taught yesterday. They're there the next morning worried because they know like on the calendar, you know, there's a test coming or something or, you know, their parents email me and they're like, okay, they had no idea how to do the homework. They need to see you tomorrow morning. I'm like, absolutely. I'm there. Yeah. So, you know, you, that's just the reality. Like 7 a.m., you have kids, yes. and then 8 a.m., the bell rings, and then you're ready for homeroom to where, you know, the school day from 8 a.m. to you're looking at, 
three thirty, and then from three thirty to about five thirty, most of them have you know extracurricular activities. You know, so that world, I feel like you know, school wise, I love. You know what I'm saying? I love that school life. Like that's just ingrained in my you know routine and what I do during the school year, but. It's not meant for everybody, and I, as as many years I've, I've as I've taught there, you know, I've I've taught with a lot of great people, amazing people, you know, that were passionate about kids and passionate about you know their subject area and things of that nature. But yeah. you're looking at you know the the time commitment and just the passion for it. It's got to be like so rooted in you that it's it's just what it is. No, yeah, I mean you're talking and you're sharing about having to prioritize your family life and your right. school life and all these things and all I can think is back to when I was in school and you know, I'm yeah. thinking about those students that you said, you know, they missed a day and they had to come in to get tutoring right. or help and math right. was not my strong subject, so I'm thinking about those times I went in. Right. And how ungrateful I was. <laughs> Hey, I, like, I know that. Okay. And, and okay. like, it is, cr- I mean, like, from what I'm hearing, you really, like, this has got to be a calling, like, because you've really got to be committed to this if you want to be good right. at it, right? Like, or like, you know, to really invest into these students and right. know that your teacher cares about you, you know, you have to feel it. And I'm sure your students feel it. David, um, just from hearing you talk and, um, yeah, but thank you. Thank you. No, sure. <laughs> I'm like, no, wow, no, no. like, yeah. I'm, I, you know, like I said, I've been the fortunate one in the sense that, mm-hmm. yes, you know, getting a job at this school, number one, um, I feel very fortunate about number two, um, you know, you get, you're very fortunate with, you know, people around you that are so passionate about what you also do. Mm. You know, so the bar is always like raised really high. Yeah. You yeah. know, you just when you when you work in an environment where you can also extend that same standard of, you know, of how you want things to go. But then when you're surrounded by people that also are raising that bar daily, you know what I'm saying? That just mm-hmm. that just makes things uh, super just uh, meaningful, you know, and yeah, I think teaching definitely has that fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, even after 13 years, um, I feel like I have so much to learn. There's there's just too much out there to be better mm-hmm. uh, within this profession, uh, having the opportunity with young kids in front of them to just guide them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm far from even thinking that I'm good at it. It's just a matter that um, I think just the continual, you know, strive to be better has helped me. Yeah, for sure. Incredible. It's incredible. I mean, you know, you're talking about a lot of the good stuff, but I'm curious to know, like, what does a bad day for a teacher look like? Have you you had bad days? What is Can you tell us a little bit? I have. And I feel like just like anything else, you know, the difficult and challenging things um, just kind of make you better. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And thankfully, you know, the sun's going to rise the next day. You know, so whether it's, I've had a lot of conversations with students that have not gone well, you know, Mm -hmm. and partly, you know, that's just my human side. Like I need to be a little bit more patient. So students, kids are going to be kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and I hear people saying like, it's a different generation. And I do agree that, you know, this, this is a different generation, but I feel like it's a more difficult generation 
just within the sense that they have so much within their fingertips and that mm-hmm. they're exposed to. Um, and I honestly feel like it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the way the world is right now um, within these years. And they say things and you're like, you know, surprised. They're like, oh my God, you know, how are you saying stuff when you're only like 13, 14? Right. It's, it's not their fault. You know, mm-hmm. you, and we get the, we get the responsibility of teaching them like what's right and what's wrong yeah. and what they need to know. Yeah. Um, so I say like, you know, students are going to be challenging at times for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to, you know, you're going to have challenging students that are going to challenge you, your patience and, you know, your, <laughs> your desire. Like if you want to keep doing this, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, it's all perspective in the sense that number one, you only see them for 10 months, you know, and when you start out, you're going to, you're going to see yourself in September. You're like, I, 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 you know, I have to work with this until May, yeah. you know, and when it's Thanksgiving break and Christmas break. But the reality is, um, you know, the days may seem long, but the years go by, yes. you know, very fast. They do. So ch- kids are challenging. The, the other thing I would say is, you know, teaching in a private school where, you know, the tuition is, tuition is expensive. The expectation is very high. Um, you're going to have uh, parents that challenge a lot of things that you do and in the sense of you know how you teach what you teach uh how you assess you know okay. what kind of preparation are you putting my student uh to because every parent wants the best for their kids mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. you know and i think those hard conversations that you have with parents in the sense like this is where your student is really needing assistance and i need your help that team effort with yeah. parents, those are challenging conversations yes, because, and you know, the reality is, first of all, they may not want to hear it, but the next steps that are following, they know are challenging. Mm. And that's the, that's kind of sometimes a resistance. Now I'm not saying I'm always right, you know, but the fact is that there are certain, you know, to me in terms of what I see in my classroom, like not even expectation wise, but this is what you want to grow into being in terms of like a, you know, an adult, mm. right? Just in terms of respect, in terms of how you uh, speak and how you, uh, you know, are prepared mm. on a daily basis. And these are conversations. And, you know, one of the challenging conversations I have with parents a lot is, you know, I want to, I want to give my student um, the opportunity to grow. Mm. You know, I feel like they're at the age now, whether they're 13, 14 or 15, like they need to learn from their mistakes and they need to grow. And I 100% agree with that statement when I speak to parents. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that some of them need still direction and that built that building of routine and the constant repetition to -hmm. become muscle memory. So if they're forgetting things on a daily basis, so these are the conversations that sometimes you're not going to like hearing the responses from a lot of parents and you're not going to like, you know, you're not going to like, you know, this the reality I make I make I make my you know assessments in my class I make it difficult and the reason why I make it difficult is because I want everything else to be easy you know what I mean like mm-hmm. next year should be easier in the sense right so that and next year is not going to be easy really do that huh no, absolutely <laughs> and you know the teacher that I teach with who teaches in eighth grade uh-huh. he is even more difficult than me oh, I man. mean this guy is just and he. We're very close, mm-hmm. but that's just the that's just kind of the continuation. Okay. You know, so the point is 
a lot of conversations are very difficult. And you mm-hmm. question, you're like, where, like, you know, your heart, like, am I doing things the right way? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, is yeah. my approach. And I would say you have to trust yourself. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of times when I felt like, okay, I could easily go this way. Or am I going to truly like stick to what I believe and go with this? Mm. And it's helped me more to go with what I truly believe in. And I really feel like it's going to be beneficial. And I know those conversations are hard. They're actually very difficult to where, you know, you you feel like you're back, backs against the wall. Mm. Even to the point of like, you know, again, a lot of these parents, they got, you know, there's a lot of um, influence. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it's public or private. Mm-hmm. They ha- they are the ones that are, you know, it's their children, it's their treasures yeah. that they're sending to school, you know, and it's it's a team effort. So those are the challenging parts, yeah. you know, with uh, making sure everybody's on the same page mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. knowing that um, we're in the best interest of all these students and yours as well. Right. You know, so, right. yeah. Right. I would say the last thing I'll say in terms of, um, challenging is just, uh, you know, the, the age I'm teaching with, you know, I feel like there's just a lot of status that a lot of kids seek, you know, like I'm better than you. This mm-hmm. is, you know, and you know, whether it's bullying or things like that, just the realization that this is, this is not how the real world works later on in terms of how you approach things. Like, I feel like, uh, you know, the, the challenging things about, a school that I'm realizing is just making sure that kids just know what reality is, you know? And yeah. I think that's a huge part of just their maturation process, you wow. know? So if anybody was going to think about, um, you know, teaching in that sense, just really instilling like, you know, good solid principles that you're going to be living by because there's just a lot of things that you're going to have to deal with that I feel like um, are sensitive, but you know, you, you just got to handle it the right way. You know? I mean, personally, for me, as I'm hearing you, I'm like, I, you know, I have two children of my own. And sure. I just realized that in some sense, the teacher that they're going to see every day is in some ways like a third parent, like sure. the way they're impacting and influencing their lives. So I can imagine, you know, those conversations with parents must be extremely difficult if I put myself in their shoes and in your shoes as well. I mean, at times it must be really frustrating too, because you want what's best for them. They want what's best for them. And I'm sure sometimes it can be conflicting, right? At at times it can, but I think that, you know, I think the experience uh, within the years that I've had, you know, you know, when you have, I, I just know that in the beginning of the year, you know, you have that, um, kind of that parent night where all the parents come mm-hmm. and I give my spiel <laughs> and, you know, I, I tell them like, number one, you know, I care about your kid. Mm. I think that is so important for them to know. Like, this is not just another child that, you know, I teach that I'm kind of just passing on forward, right. you know, because it's part of my job, but genuinely like your kid, I'm going to remember Mm-hmm. And I care about them. And if they know that, because I truly mean that, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. they know that, mm-hmm. then you've already like set that commitment yeah. to where they know, okay, this guy, he's going to really take care of my kid. Definitely. And I think yes. every conversation that follows that is is naturally going to um, make sense a little bit more. So just like anything else, you know, those first impressions, and I just feel like the first 
um, conversation and just feeling that you have within another person yeah. is so crucial yeah. because that's kind of what you left with. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of times, some of those parents I may not talk to for a couple of weeks or months. Yeah. And some parents I'll talk to on a weekly basis. Okay. You know, but um, if you set the precedence really early and they just know like, you know, I'm here for you. I'm here mm-hmm. for your kid. That's it. That is why I'm here. That's all that matters. Then, you know, I think that everything else kind of takes care of itself in the sense of expectation. And this is why it's done this way. Yeah, you know, definitely. so if you I ever feel like, you know, so important. If, so I would say if you're not feeling that from a, you know, from like a teacher or not, that's where some good conversations can happen. Right. I so, see, yeah. Yeah. Um, David, thank you so much for sharing your passion and education. Sure. Um, I just before we end our time together, I was yeah. wondering if you had any advice for people, young people that are thinking about a future in, in teaching or education. Mm-hmm. Any anything you want to share with us? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I feel like just like anything else, you know, it's a commitment to young people. Mm. Like you, you have to. I would say you want to definitely, you know, have some experiences, whatever that may be. You could go, you know, coach um, some kind of extracurricular activity or, you know, just some kind of activity to where you're going to be around young people. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like that's, that's a great feeling for you, I would pursue that. Because yeah. being in the environment in a school and teaching, the difference that you can make is so amazing that it's going to fulfill itself within the first day. And yeah, obviously, just like anything else, there are some days that are going to be so challenging Mm -hmm. to where you're like, okay, is this even worth the money? Is this (laughs) even worth my stress? You know what I mean? You're going to ask ask yourself these questions uh, a lot. But one thing that I know for sure is that, you know, whatever you do, if you're working towards, you know, the mission, Mm -hmm. like whatever that mission is, Mm-hmm. If you're working towards that mi- mission itself, then nothing else really matters. Yeah. Because that's what's going to keep driving you. So if that mission is calling you to go teach, you know, hit me up. And if you need anything, I can help you out. Right. Yes. But at the same time, if you feel like, you know, I would say pursue it because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's not a lot to lose. You're going to have some amazing opportunities, young people. And I assure you that when they come back and they tell you, like, thank you. Or they say like, wow, this, you know, you made this difference. That's what, that to me is what life's about. Giving to other people, not expecting something like that in return. Yeah. Awesome. That's amazing. Yes. Thank you so much, David, for not just this time in this interview, but really for everything that you do for the future of future generations. I'm so grateful. I'm in the back of my mind, honestly, I'm like, so can my kids go to your school? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. But um, thanks so much for listening, guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye bye.